Welcome to episode 168 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we continue our Chrono Trigger series with part two. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob Accord, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Travis Colnut. Hello. 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 Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. My, sec- my second friend, uh, Katie Lesperance. Hello. Hello. Part two, baby. Part two, baby. And joining us for the first time in the Chrono Trigger series is Ms. Flora Marigold. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This feels like I'm invading on a conversation that, like... I haven't really been a part of, but I'm ready to just gush uh, and join Katie's side, uh, unless y'all have had a turnaround since episode one. You threw your hand up digitally in our Discord and said, hello, this is my favorite game of all time. Please let me talk about it. Uh, One of my favorites of all time. Please let me talk about it. It was my Um, favorite JRPG until Persona 5 Royal. um, And even then, it's, it's really up there. Um, I have a lot of feelings about this game, so hopefully those will come out today. Well, I'm going to ask you about your feelings in a minute, Um, but if you're listening to this before listening to part one, what I would do is go back to episode 167 and listen to part one first. It's Travis, Katie, and I talking about uh, some of the really important pieces of the game, the setting, the overworld, the characters, etc. Today we're going to talk about stuff like the art, the music, the mid-game, the end game, Uh, so please listen to that episode first and if you like what you hear in this show give me give me three things give me a review five stars on your podcasting platform of choice give me a follow on twitter at left behind club and uh give me a virtual high five in the discord you can find us at leftbehindgame.club slash discord for that let's just get right into it uh starting with flora uh flora what i'd love to know from you before we talk more about the mid game the end game the music the art is your history with this game. I know you gave us a brief one, but I'd love to know more broadly about what you what you have done with respect to this game and then maybe how you played it this time around. Sure. Um, or, or how you played it the last time you played it. That's probably a better answer, honestly. Um, I played Chrono Trigger for the first time when I was uh, first getting into Twitch streaming in 2018. And so I played it in the fall of that year. And it I don't know how or why it arrived on my plate, but it was sort of just a broadly discussed game that you just hear about. Like, Chrono Trigger is sort of framed as a classic. And um, I wasn't sure why or how. And I like I know that y'all talked a little bit about the... Uh, I think it's Akira Toyoyama is the artist behind, like, the Dragon Ball and the Dragon Quest and the and this game sort of, like, styles. Um I'm not somebody who grew up with that. Like, I didn't have cable television because I grew up poor and, like, you know, couldn't have Cartoon Network and such. And so a lot of that was very, like, vicarious uh, for me. Like, my friends would be into that sort of stuff. And um, so this game didn't immediately evoke the nostalgia that you would think or anything like that. But I have always been a lifelong JRPG fan. Um, like, Like, I think one of the first gaming memories I have is Pokemon, which, to me, counts. And so, um... I, I've i always had that soft spot. And so when I was first getting into Twitch streaming and also writing more critically about like narrative-based games, Chrono Trigger came up and I played it and absolutely adored it. Um, the, the biggest things for me are what you just alluded to, Jacob, which are like art and music. Like those are the things. But also 
what I was in originally intending to do my master's dissertation on was about temporal rhetoric, which is like how we persuade each other the way that we talk about time. And so like, Ooh. go figure a game about time travel would play into something that I think is really, really cool. And like, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan and like other stuff. So, so this game taps a lot of those things that I'm already like predisposed to like. And so I, I think that um, that's partially why I was so receptive to this game. Um, I already liked JRPGs. I'm also a musician, so, like, one of the first things I did is, weirdly, I don't even like playing bass that much, but the bass lines in this game, <laughs> I taught myself, like, five or six bass lines, like, from this OST, because it, it's so good. And, and there's just so much more I could say, but I'm gushing. So, I'll wrap up my thoughts preliminarily there. Okay, well, I mean, you talked at length about the music. Yeah. Uh, so, I'd at love length. to just, di- like, short length. <laughs> at, at short length. It's hard not the to. music. Yeah, uh, Mitsuda put this one out. Put this one together, from my understanding. Mm. Uh, it's heavily remixed. Uh, people love the music. Mm. I guess you know some of us have played it a little while ago, uh, but I'd love to know from what you remember uh, if there's stuff that like immediately comes to mind when you uh, think about Chrono Trigger. Because for me, there's absolutely one, and it is the theme of you like going back in time, like getting in your ship, going back in time, like that. That stinger or that music always sent me every time i went back in time i'm really bad with designating and separating out music in video games unless there's something that has like a unique vocal track or something that makes it like almost physically stand out from the rest of the music it's hard for me to to point and say confidently oh yes this musical moment is what works for me now that caveat being said i can think of a few things um in your previous episode um part one of this Chrono Trigger discussion, um, the instantaneous nature of battle was mm-hmm. discussed. And I would say that one of the most iconic things for me in Chrono Trigger music is just like the sudden you're running around and then like the bass just kicks in and you're all of a sudden in battle. And then like the absolutely unhinged, like almost like xylophone solo thing that goes on. on I don't know what it really is trying to go for. Um, but like like that's an immediate like I think of Grown Trigger. There's also some amazing orchestral renditions of this music. I don't know if any of y'all have spent time on YouTube listening to it. No. But it, if listeners are curious and you like Cronin Trigger's music, um, many of the people who composed it, and I believe many of the people who worked on the soundtrack, have done um, full like hundred person orchestra level like uh, recordings and stage performances of some of this music, and. Um, the there's some like I, I think most of the stuff that really sticks out is like the cutscene related music. Not that those are my favorite tracks, but those are in many cases the most iconically used as far as how they represent the game. Um when I when I watch the orchestral performance, I cry. Like like hundred percent. Like this this music is that personal to me, despite this game being something that I played once. Um and I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of late game stuff that's probably good, but I, I couldn't tell you what they're called. Like a lot of like Lavas related stuff and a lot of like end of time stuff and the music. I No complaints about the music. Let me just say that. The music, and this is one of my favorite gaming soundtracks, period. So I, I don't think gushing about it more is going to be helpful. Um, I would, Travis, you're normally a music guy. That's the thing. I am. Most of the time I obsess over musical tracks in a video game. Um, 
I think a lot of the time it is a nostalgia thing for me when it comes to hearing remixes or, or, or orchestras playing them um, because I've played this so fresh. Like I know there's tracks that I enjoy. I think I need to give it time before I think one of them hits me. Like maybe if I were to listen to something next year and I'd be like, oh, that hits a beat that I forgot about or that like, oh, I remember this portion of it. Um, I will agree that the once you jump into the, the, the time travel machine, that kind of that riff of whatever that is, is very good. Honestly, like I'm trying to like think about it in my head and it gives me Donkey Kong, Funky Kong, like dun, 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 <laughs> like Donkey Kong Country, like you're jumping into the barrel and, and fast traveling. It gives me that kind of vibe and I kind of dig it. Um, but even like uh, we were not at this point in the story we were talking about, but when you go to what is it, 12,000 BC <laughs> or something like that? Uh, I love this game. Whatever it is. That's um, just that a casual point of reference. Float, you know. Yeah. The. F- yeah. <laughs> that when you're in the floating um the floating islands that music is so distinct from anything else i can feel like i've listened to in the rest of this game i i mentioned in the first one the 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 soundtrack and the music when you go to the far future is so different than what you would expect this is also the same kind of vibe that like each little area and i would say like 1600 you know they're close to the same vibe but you get this floating island music that's so different than what you were experiencing before and it it sets the tone for that world that you're that that timeline that you're in right now and it i don't know there's something about the music and how they distinguish each era so well using the music even the prehistoric one which was probably like my least favorite of the music because it's just a little too like harsh and rough yeah yeah a little too much bongo-iness it's and like even the like uh, i think there's like a a main like later in the game you have to go through a whole palace area and i'm like i think i reached a point with it i was like i need to turn this down because it's just blaring in my face it's a little too harsh or repetitive um but it still is like a distinct flavor for each era and the game does a really good job of distinguishing its eras that it, it, it attributes itself to the world that it's creating and makes those eras so distinct and it's impressive when you consider that this is like a super nintendo game and they can do all that with such like su- such a little tiny cartridge you can make such a, a a change depending on the era based on just the music alone yeah i mean I was going to say something about the different worlds and the different musics and the, so- the tones that are set, but I'm like, Travis just it. did it way better. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I'll echo that. Okay. Me personally, video game music, I will appreciate when it's really, really good. Like I, I notice when it's good. I appreciate it. But I've, I've always been a person who really enjoys like vocals and lyrics in music, mm. in my music appreciation. Um, so, like, I've never been a big video game soundtrack person. Interesting. Um, you know, some people just listen to them just on the daily, and it's just it's just not for me. Um, but, 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 like I said, like this game, the music is so good; it sets all the tones. The battle music is dead on. Like, and, yeah. and you do so many battles, and every time it kicks on, like I never got sick of it. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> <laughs> 
Flora is Flora's uh, doing air guitar. Sorry, I was <laughs> trying to quietly yeah slap the bass, but fantastic. It's, uh, um, yeah, like I I don't have that much to add, honestly. But yeah, it's very good. I know, obviously, it's it's appreciated as one of the greatest soundtracks, you know, ever in video games, and I can understand why. Yeah, yeah I guess I yeah I guess for me it's like even the even the small sound effects like when a certain character dies which we will talk about mm-hmm. i will not say spoilers even the small sound effects and things that went into that into the animated cutscenes, i appreciated and the small remixes on battle themes so like when you fight magus if you fight magus as one example like that's a twist on on boss theme that i appreciated so it's even like the the small twists that you would you would get in other jrpgs but like it's just really well done here. i love a it's boss theme twist yeah mm-hmm. yeah as a uh, as a person who like Pokemon is my frame of reference for JRPGs, like that's something that I definitely drew out of this as well. Mm-hmm. Giovanni's theme, Magus's theme, does the same thing <laughs> to the battle themes. Yes, actually, yes. I have a question. Um, yeah, if, please. If you fight Magus, what is that about? Do we do we rip into it now? We- I don't know if we need to pull the bandaid off, but uh, like, who fights Magus? What are you talking about? I know. I kind of want to know what happened. I have Ooh. a story. I will let everyone else go first, and then I have a story about this. That I'm totally zigzagging this conversation further than it needs to go, but like, <laughs> I'm immediately curious on I on am. that plot point. Okay, like, yes. so spoilers. Like, if you're listening to part two, like, hey, expect spoilers. Spoiler we're cast. Fully yeah. spoil it now. Um. There's two opportunities to fight Magus, correct? Oh. I remember oh. only one distinct decision moment um, of, like, whether you let him join your party or not, but mm-hmm. I don't remember two fights. It's also been five or six years, so. So, uh, keep me honest here, but my understanding is that there's that exact moment that you're describing, Flora, where there's a moment where you have a choice to let Magus join your party or not join your party. Mm. Um which were bearing the lead about something very important that happens. Yeah, right yeah. Let's just yeah, all the way to the plot points here. That, like, <laughs> we but, should okay. contextualize this. I will say, okay, because we're jumping around in time, things are <laughs> happening. There's a lot. It's just like the game. characters, and there these characters appear in different times, uh, based on sometimes a basically a a wizard being like i'm sending you to this time and now all of a sudden this character from this other time is now in the past and like and you didn't know that at the time but now you know this game in 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 format and time you know how i'm bad with directions i've mentioned this before i think on the bloodborne uh-huh. pod i talked about how i even know this my yeah. biggest <laughs> challenge with FromSoft games is is that i'm directionally challenged and i don't remember hmm. where things are and how to get to where mm-hmm. I get so confused no matter how much time I put into Chrono Trigger I was like wait but where that person's from where and who are they and what's their name and how do I get to this place and how do I return over here like I got so lost and it it took a lot more mental energy than I think it should have to try and figure out the plot and and like the intricacies of all that so yeah that was that was how I approached that. Just completely I think it's, lost. It's worth throwing out there for me, at least, that I walk through this entire game without any sort of hesitancy or shame. Um, there's no way I could have mentally kept track of the different, like, literal chronologies within this game and figuring out who is where and why and whatever w- without that sort of, like, lean on. Um, 
for those who can actually do the mental labor of playing this game in their head, kudos. Um, I am not one of them. Mm. I, I outsourced all of my playthrough <laughs> to somebody else, and it still took me 35 hours, I should say. Um, I have no idea what y'all's playtime completion was, but 35 hours with a walkthrough the entire time unadulterated playthrough. So um, I, I imagine if you're playing this at like seven years old in your living room and don't have a walkthrough or internet like back in the 90s, like this is intense. <laughs> yeah. I uh, used a walkthrough as like a guide to make sure I'm going in the right direction. So I'm yeah. not just mm. aimlessly going from era to era talking to just God knows who. Um, so I kind of use it as a guide to be like, okay, here's my next step. I will then figure it yeah. out once I'm in the space. Um, but no, I want to say I played around, I think it was around 25 hours, but that was wow. me use. Yeah. So even with that, like just kind of giving me a guide, it still took me a decent amount of time mm. just to get through there. I was a similar amount of time. I think I was approaching around 30 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I think this adds to like the replayability of this game. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Where if I went back and replayed it, like I, you would draw so many more connections between characters and like their motivations and you would understand it so much better. Um, like I still got out of it so much on the first playthrough but it is a game where i'm like oh if i played this again like top to bottom like as i mentioned before i've played the first 40 percent of this game like eight times i know that pretty well (laughs) but the rest of it if i went back and replayed it like i would get so much out of it that it's i understand why people have played it like multiple times i have a weird follow-up question for all of you really um if memory serves, I think there's character-specific side quests for each of your playable party members, and I wonder how in-depth any of you all went into any of that stuff, and if that would actually factor into your overall playtime. Um, if you if you want to speak to that, Jacob, go ahead, and then I can maybe circle around to the other thought. This may be surprising to hear, uh, because I'm typically a person who like just does the MVP where I just go through and finish. MVP? I did every side quest. Wow, really? That's awesome. Yeah. That is yeah, awesome. MVP is like minimally viable product. Sorry, what? BJ, wow. the businessman. <laughs> Lame. I, I resent um, you for bringing business into our chat. Thank you. About thank you. art. Uh, but I played uh, 24 and a half hours. I'm... And like, but I, I will not lie. The thing I appreciated playing this as like an adult man is that I know 13, 16 year old me would have bounced off this really quickly just because I don't have patience for things that like really require you to think and read and reread and maybe use a walkthrough. Uh, I, I I have no shame in saying that I had strategywiki.org open for this entire freaking playthrough, um, but I mostly used it to read ahead a little bit and then go, oh, when I got stuck and go, oh, mm. this is what I'm supposed to do. And I wouldn't have it open, but I just re- refer to it and then figure yeah. out in the world what I would have to do. And I, I would imagine that my playtime would be 35 hours if I did that. Um, but it was only 24 and a half. Yeah, mm. I, I, I would touch the walkthrough when I needed to. Um, yeah. <laughs> more and more uh, in the you know last third of the game to make sure that I didn't miss things that I really wanted to touch. But yeah, I, I didn't follow one directly, but I would refer to one pretty often Mm -hmm. i wonder if part of my playtime has to do with the fact that i actually streamed this game when i played it back in the day because like when you're streaming a game you like pause to talk to chat for a while and like maybe that would have accumulated i I don't want to suggest 10 hours worth of of chat but like that's possible Mm -hmm. um so so given that 
that feels like a rather large disparity for y'all to sort of simultaneously say 25 and me say 35. Like, like I have to f- mentally account for like why that would be the case. Um, <laughs> and so immediately I was like, oh, side stuff. But apparently that's, that's not an issue either. Um, I also, I just want to throw this out there as just someone who listened to part one. Um, it just occurred to me. Um, I loved the whole like acknowledgement that the first two party characters you get are women and like the whole like uh, Travis girl power moment Love and everything. Uh, Every single it, time. Those who skipped part one, what are you doing? Go back, listen to part one. Uh, it, it, it put a smile on my face and I was like, yeah, this game is like weirdly feminist for a 95 yeah. game. Like, like, so. Um, I kind especially of from that. Akira Toriyama who like yeah. wrote Bulma, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like who drew Bulma. I don't know what that means. Uh, Bulma <laughs> She's the one in Dragon Ball with the boobs. Great. I still don't know what that means. When I hear I- Jacob or <laughs> I hear him talk about these things or I see him tweet about these things, I'm like, oh, that's a Jacobism that I don't, I have no frame of reference for. Yeah. And I appreciate it. I like it. I'm like, oh, are you a- saying I'm a snob? No, I'm <laughs> saying that you, I, that I have no anime knowledge and that you talk oh, about anime and I'm cool. like, yeah, I'm like, great. I also nodded. That's all I needed. No, I don't want to like rain on your parade, Jacob. But like, if we're talking about like objectified women in anime, Dragon Ball Z is like one of the most tame examples I can think of. And I'm like, Bulma's (laughs) like breasts are like fine as far as like, like, like. No, we we, if we want to look at like Kill La Kill or something. Again, one of my favorite animes ever. um, Beware. (laughs) Is it like eighty percent of her body? Is her well the. I'm, I'm not going to, this is not a oh. Kill I Kill podcast, but it's, it, let's say it's simultaneously one of the most feminist and one of the most objectifying things I've ever watched. <laughs> so, at your own peril, if you want. Okay, okay. Where, where do we take it from here? You, Flora, you said something about me talking about Magus's fight, and I actually had to go back and double check it because like, am I oh. wrong? Do you not fight Magus twice? We didn't. You fight Magus in the mid game, yes. and yes. then you have an opportunity yes. to fight Magus later. So, but I think... We're bearing the lead here that Chrono dies. Chrono literally <laughs> Oh, yeah, that wasn't dies. spoken yeah. about on podcast number one. All right, hi. Po- uh, protagonist is dead. Um, yeah. Wild. It is wild. It was wild. Yeah. I want to hear y'all's reactions. I just blew mine. I just blew mine. I don't know how you guys felt. <laughs> just wild. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, this is interesting. I think I liked the idea that it was like, hey, let's take out the silent protagonist that is your like player mm-hmm. character and now you are simply going to be using the side characters and like the the team dynamic is different and it I think I liked the free reign to not have to use Chrono the entire time. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, can I have all three women in my party at once?" <laughs> yes. I can. <laughs> but like um it's more the idea that like I I don't know I like the idea that the game plays with this because it does I don't think I can think of a game that does this really and like yes you can undo it but you can also not undo it and you what? can just finish the game and just not yep. you could just straight There's up different go endings, right? well, I guess because you can yeah. fight Lavos technically anytime so I anytime. guess you could do it yeah without chrono <gasps> yeah you could just be like possible. okay yeah. i guess oh, he's dead so incomplete though just it like would. skipping it, all this, it this does. section of the main oh story. for sure but it's interesting that the game gives you that option it's impressive yeah. that a, the game gives you that option like yeah i would expect that kind of stuff from games nowadays but to see a game then i wouldn't have expected something like that so that was the shopping shocking thing that oh 
this game that is this old was doing this kind of thing first or at least very, very early. And games that I know now could maybe be referencing ideas or stuff that they've pulled from that. So I may not have the nostalgia tied to it, but I have the appreciation that like, oh, this came first. And I think maybe that was holding me back when we recorded our first episode where I was like, this isn't landing for me the way I expected because the nostalgia isn't there for me. And so I'm feeling like, Oh, I've seen all this before, but I guess I appreciate that this is happy. This is, you know, maybe what did it first, but now I'm seeing that like, Oh no, this is actually doing things that I, if you think about frame of reference and when this game came out, wasn't doing other games weren't doing this kind of thing where you're killing off the main protagonist right at, like midway through the game and now you've got to do a whole quest to possibly bring him back to life or you could just not which is also super interesting mm-hmm. yeah that the game could allow you to just leave the main character behind yeah like the character that is on the cover art, the cover of the game and just be like nah yeah i don't need him that's nuts yeah um i wasn't i wasn't shocked I guess like I wasn't like mind blown. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I think that's because of playing it in modern day as opposed to at the time. But I did think it was just, it was very interesting. Like, like you said, it makes you, it gives you the ability to kind of like remix your party a little bit more. It kind of gives you, it freshens things up a bit right at like what the two third mark kind of dress went about. You're like, okay, we're going to be going into the end game. Um, I kind of you get a feel of what to expect and to throw that big of a wrench in. Um, yeah, it was surprising. And like you said, it was really innovative. And most games, you know, any time in any year would be very, very hesitant to try anything like that. Mm-hmm. Not that it's at the beginning of the game and that it's, you know, a permanent, but still like it's it's a creative as you're. They're just taking the lid off of like a box of all these ideas of like, what if we did this? Like, let's try it and do it. And and it's gutsy. I like it. Well, it's also really unique in the sense of it is a game that encourages you to abandon something that you've been comfortable with for most right. of the game, which in most JRPGs is going to be your protagonist, who's often, by virtue of them being in your party the entire game, the most leveled up, the most experienced, and, like, that's your default character, right? Um, Like, Travis mentioned, like, the all-girl party, and, like, that quite literally, that was one of those moments for me, uh, this is, like, pre-transition, so I was still, like, in the throes of figuring shit out, but um, I... Sorry for the language. My goodness. Um, <laughs> figuring stuff out. If, if, you, if you want to go back and, and tidy that one up. Um, I I think that for me, like like having like um, three different kinds of women characters who do different things in combat. It's not mm-hmm. that they were all like just like White a mages. certain type of attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like 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 a lot of Final Fantasy games kind of lean into that where you'll you'll be pigeonholed in who you're actually adding. Um, even the male characters have a bit of redundancy in this game that I would say that the women characters maybe don't. Like, if you think about it, a lot of the male characters like Chrono, Frog, and Robo, for example, as y'all mentioned, all are like very heavy in the attack department. That's not necessarily adding adding anything new uh, to your repertoire in your party. And um, I, I just think that all of that stuff is, is kind of fun uh, for me personally when I was playing this game. And... Um, I think I had a secondary point, but it's gone. (laughs) I think maybe it'll come back when I say, I think it's not unique in games for a protagonist to die partway through the game. 
But I think what makes this really special is that it's a, like it's a party-based JRPG, and I can't again. I, I'm a I'm a newbie to this kind of thing, but like that seems pretty novel to have yeah. your main character, who is especially one drawn by Akira Toriyama, who's like is sort of legendary in the world of manga and anime, if you will, um, and then having to play without him potentially for the rest of the game depending on if you decide to take the the ending exit at that point. Yeah, so that was the other point I wanted to get to, thank you, is is exactly that, is um, you suddenly have a hole in your party that, like, like, most games aren't going to make you fill, but this game, however temporarily, because this character isn't dead forever necessarily, spoilers, um, is, like, okay, you have to now accommodate your play style around something that is now taken away from you, and it's the protagonist. So um, that, to me, is a huge shift, or at least when I played this game for the first time, despite this game being 30 years old, is, like, a rather interesting dynamic to spin the player into. Like, like, like you not only have a, a, a shift in the dynamic of how you do combat, there's now a void. Like, it's not something you can replace, necessarily, at least right away. So I don't... Um... I didn't feel that big of a change in gameplay because you do have such like melee heavy characters already that Mm. I typically rolled with Chrono and then to Frog, which who is uh, melee heavy, but also has healing and water. Um, Like I would roll with Chrono, Frog, and then um, usually Luca, sometimes Marl. So I really was like, okay, which melee heavy character am I gonna could I swap in there and I could have and my party would have felt honestly almost the same aside from like the um aside from the character you know the the protagonist being gone and the story-wise character-wise but as far as gameplay it wouldn't have felt that different but I actually went I think I added Marl like I think I had Frog, Luca, and Marl and then it did change my gameplay a little bit. Um, mm. So it, it did. It didn't have to. But, so I didn't think it, it forced me to change my gameplay that much. But I ended up doing it, which is nice. So like this thing that it threw out to me ended up changing it, even though I didn't have to. So I, yeah. I appreciated it. I, you just mentioned the characters that you were playing as as your team, and yes. I'm just like so different than mine. Like, yeah, I, like, yeah. I so I primarily like Chrono was there the whole time until he died, and then I felt like Luca felt like the default leader, and I so I kept Luca huh. in my team. Yeah. As like the secondary but leader, that as my that secondary, it felt right to have Luca be my secondary leader. And then, so I had Luca, and then I pretty much used like Magus and Isla, like the rest of it, which oh. was in- yeah, I loved Isla as well, ma- yeah. like obviously, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny because like Marl was like the one I probably used the least besides Robo. Um, I found if I was going to use if I needed water, I used Frog instead because I liked Frog better, yeah. and I wanted to use Frog over Magus, but then I kind of just was like maybe you know cheaping my way out because magus was so strong that i was just like "Mm, i'm just gonna like you know use all this magic and give him a gold earring and he's he's good for a while and i it's super easy to just kind of like plow through the rest of the game but very interesting like i you mentioned those characters i was like oh yeah i barely used marl and i like frog i used sparingly like except for like their quests and stuff but yeah it was like isla and magus and and chrono for me most of the time so 
I I also didn't use Marl that much unless I was like, oh, unless I needed an extra healer. But I'm realizing that as you're saying this, that I kind of went with the characters that I felt were the most um, story forward, that See, like led the story the most. And then the people who felt like felt like secondary characters are kind of the ones that I left as secondaries because yes uh, chrono obviously main protagonist um luca felt like the other leader because i think because she knew how the time warping worked yeah and it felt like she was directing the team that way and then frog had just such a big story like an arcing mm-hmm. story that kind of went across different um time periods and I also just liked Frog. I liked his so, attacks. I liked the way he swung his sword. So <laughs> Frog's awesome. I, yeah. yeah, I feel like I just ended up with the three characters that I felt were the most, um, yeah, forward um, story-wise. And, and like see, the most actively involved in the story. That's where I think I, act, I did myself a disservice a little bit. Because sometimes you're, when something is happening in the story your side characters are going to inter like are going to react they yes. add, they might have a little bit of flavor text or something like that and nine times out of ten isla's going isla fight and that's yeah. pretty much the extent of it so like i do feel like i missed out on maybe some interesting interactions or some interesting yeah. character beats or some added flavor to the story whereas i barely used marl and so then when i ended up like by the time you resurrect Chrono and Marl's a big part of like that sequence, it felt a smidge unearned for me. Like mm. their relationship didn't feel earned because I was like, I've barely used Marl and like, and then the other person there was yeah. Luca, which it worked, but also most of the time, like even at the very end, I'm using Isla for the final boss and she's going <laughs> like, Isla angry. Like, and it's not like, it, it's not like, it's not yeah. as sentimental. It's not as powerful. It, you it's know, not it's as more like, substantive. Like yes, substantial right. As... So as much as I loved her, I she did cause my story experience to kind of dwindle a smidge. But that's okay. She made up for it in other ways. <laughs> like her horniness. <laughs> <laughs> also hilarious. My goodness. <laughs> I love the, they talk about like her appetite and I'm like, geez, all, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's very forward. So she likes food. She Again, likes food, right? Very feminist. Yeah. Only talking she, about food. She likes strong men and strong women. And that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Florida, did you have a point you wanted to jump in on? Um, other than strong women. I mean, um, <laughs> the, one of the things that I would like to point out is that in most games that give me an opportunity to have an all women JRPG sort of party, I'm going to lean in that direction. Just kind of always have feels more fun, more comfortable, whatever. This game, weirdly, I didn't do that um, in the late game. And and we all were talking about some of your party decisions uh, just now. It made me think about it. Like, Magus and Frog were both in my party pretty much universally towards the end. Um, there were some alternations between, like, Marl and Robo and uh, Isla and some others as far as, like, who was going to slot into that third spot. Um but weirdly, like, it was one of those games for me where the characterization of the character didn't surpass the functionality of the character in combat. Yeah. Where the diversity of who you have in your party yes. as far as what they can do far outstripped how I felt about them as characters or how I felt about them as, like, story beats or whatever. And right. and that's 
to me, rather unique because a lot of JRPGs don't really force me to have to like think about those as separate things. Um, a lot of JRPGs will allow me to be like, oh, I love this this hot girl who channels lightning and like, okay, like now I have a lightning girl in my yeah. party. Yay. You can make it work typically. And then yeah. this game sometimes it makes it very difficult. This game doesn't make it hard to make it work, but I, I think part of it is the symptom of me playing with a walkthrough. So like there were some battles where it was like, put this person in your party. Mm. Um, right. but, but there was also like, if, if memory serves, because again, it's been like five, six years, um, like these characters have different magical abilities or like different melee abilities or whatever. And like some heal more and some do more like, like there's like techs, I think, which I don't think yeah. y'all have really talked about on podcast number one. We did not. Um, techs are, if I recall, like you kind of have like a trio of all of your characters combine their abilities yeah. in like a little coagulation where like you do some mega attack, but it is entirely contingent upon who's in the party and so like mm -hmm. that was a thought as well like sometimes going into a big boss fight i would throw in a different character just to make sure that i'm following the walkthrough or making sure that i have that tech ready and so like all of those things considered um my normal gameplay with jrpgs is just like whoever i like is going to go in the party uh in this game it was so much more like strategic and functional so um jacob and then to like plus up your thought about techs is that you have you can't just decide oh i'm going to start using robo and hopefully these techs between all characters work it's not really like nurturing the techs but you have to use yeah. all three characters in combination to be able to get access to those techs so yeah. you know after from what i remember from our last episode i was very you guys kind of not reamed me out but said like hey <laughs> you're using two water characters dummy you should Come use on. somebody with a different it wasn't element. that harsh calm down it was, it, it was really nice i'm just a sensitive. sensitive boy i'm a sensitive boy Fair. um so I did try to test and put Luca in. So essentially it was going with usually Chrono Frog and then trying to throw Luca in there. And I, like, I know that I should have done it and I know that it brought together some really good techs that bring in lightning, fire, and water. But I just really liked, like, Frog and I wanted him to be in my party. Frog is so cool, man. No <laughs> shame. Frog rocks. Yeah. I used essentially no techs because what huh? really? i didn't okay you know why because it's it like essential it, it, maybe i would have had an easier time i don't know but <sighs> you know what maybe this is why okay oh, how okay. long did you play this game 70 hours how dare <laughs> 25, you 25 right sir <laughs> i mean um, i guess it wasn't an impediment she finished I, quicker than i did i will say jacob uh so i the final boss i took i think it took me four attempts and after oh, like wow. the first three, I was, I, I said, I actually said to my husband, I said, I'm having a trouble, you know, I got, I got to take another run at it, this or that. And I'm like, you know what? But like, Jacob did it. So like, <laughs> I know I can do it. <laughs> How dare you? That's what my friends say about me, Jacob. It's okay. <laughs> He's sensitive and he can't do boss battles. You are Jacob, self you be returnal, bad don't at let video her. games. You state yeah, yeah. it all the time. You say, me bad yeah. at video games. Jacob anyway. beat Returnal and got further than yes. me and Bloodborne, so so I need to be the punching bag. Uh, I'm a meme. Um, maybe that's why you had an easier time than me at the final boss. But no, so okay, the thing is, is that using like a triple tech, I was like, but I have to wait. 
for everyone to be ready. And it, it just felt so limiting. Whereas I was like, no, so this person's ready. I can do this. Like, I wanted to, like, be ahead and, like, be super proactive. And that felt like, well, I'm going to wait. And then they're, they're going to attack me. And the next thing you know, this person's going to be low. And then they're going to die. And now I'm going to be screwed. So I was like, no, I, I got to be, like, going at all times and I didn't want to take that pause and then someone in the discord sent something about oh the triple text and I was like ah the triple text maybe I should try and do that (laughs) and I just couldn't I couldn't do it I loaded up the game and I was like nah not for me I think some of those texts are especially almost required when you get to like the many forms of Lavos they are in fact not I can tell you that they are required because I did Again, I probably um, have time. But. Question for those of you who have played this more recently. Um, does anyone pay attention to the numbers that Triple Tech do, like, does as opposed to um, a more standard attack or something like that? Like, it, does it mathematically um, come across as advantageous to like team up like that? Or is there, in fact, a, a disadvantage there? I have no text, idea. Double Techs felt like they weren't. And that's why I basically abandoned them. I did it like twice. And hmm. then I was like, that didn't feel worth it. So never mind. But I yeah, don't I I would sometimes find that the doubles weren't worth it. The thing is, in especially the final boss, I had Magus, and he doesn't have any triple text with anyone. He doesn't do any double or triple text with anyone. So doesn't he also have like multi attacks though? He, yeah, like, he does. Um, okay, okay, but he just doesn't have any text that combined with others, kind of giving that like loner vibe that mm. he has, right? So. I didn't have to use those, but I did use like a lot of single text, like, you know, like mm. using, using magic spells or like Isla's like dino tail or doing, you know what oh, I mean? A yeah. bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, I like, use singles. I use a lot yeah, yeah, of singles, yeah. but yeah, no, hmm. no uh, combos. Yeah. I, I didn't rely much on combos, but I'm surprised Katie. Yeah. Four times. I took me one shot to go okay. all the way through the thing, but that's because like I, did every I don't know if he did every single side quest but I got like the best weapon I could possibly yeah. get like you know I was yeah. like as maxed out as I probably could be so I found the final boss very easy despite the fact that like Lavos is kind of terrifying like yeah. like very scary like very 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 good boss design because yes he's scary like I felt threatened and mm-hmm. the sound effect all of it. Lavos, really, really, really well done. I'm, I was scared and I'm like, didn't expect to be scared. I was like, okay, whatever. But like, I didn't, I felt threatened by him, even though it was pretty easy once I had maxed out almost everything. I think that, um, I'm not remotely scared by Lavos. I think that's a fun little like oh. reaction difference. Like I, I think Lavos is silly, especially as you get into the further <laughs> really? forms of it. Yeah, like well, the uh, later form, uh, you know, like what? the alien forms. The alien form gives me a weird, uncanny feeling. Where yeah, it's like, like here's yeah. this it's goofy like, to humanoid me. form. It's creepy to me. Where, the original like, form is the most intimidating, right? Yeah, but it's like it's like this otherworldly scary that like. I cannot comprehend kind of scary. Like you try to think. Sure. About it. Yeah. That's what kind of hits me is if I think too hard okay. about that is, is the scariest part of it. Right. I think that's completely valid. Yeah. yeah that yeah. makes sense. My point of reference for Toriyama is Dragon Ball. And so I very much liken Lavos to like a Frieza or a cell in that they have multiple forms the first forms <laughs> you think are like the scary one yeah but then the they tiny one is the the tiny one is actually the scariest one i see yeah. uh that's the, the i Dragon hate this Ball analogy thing. it's so accurate but it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> yeah the the last form just like 
disgusted me in many different ways. <laughs> it's um, gross, man. It it's is gross, man. I I loved the like Russian nesting doll aspect of Lavos. Yeah, how you're like, oh, this is it, and it's like, no, that's a shell. Get in there and fight the real one. Also yeah. reminded me very much. It just made me think of. Um, the first Men in Black movie when there's like the the alien, but inside the alien there's like a little tiny alien that's controlling the big alien. That's 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 what I thought of. That's it. Oh my Silly. god. <laughs> did you struggle? So in what part of that fight did you really struggle, Katie? Was it the third form that you really struggled it was, with? It was right at the end. It was basically the final okay. stage. I just I yeah. I would just. I don't know. He'd uh, get like a big attack and someone would be dwindled down. I'd be like rushing to try and heal them and I just wouldn't do it in time or something. Something, it would just kind of happen. And then the fourth one, I was like, oh, that was smooth. Like I just, I just made it through. Um, I also appreciate they subvert your expectations with the final form where you think that obviously the main thing in the Mm -hmm. middle is going to be the thing that you have to beat and that the two um, small floating things are like his support um enemies that will heal or do whatever and but no it's actually one of the little support guys on the right is actually lavos who's running the show it's a cool little element where i was like wait that's the guy i have to beat no and i'm like oh no it's this other one when it says like lavos um defense is down so i'm like great and i hit the middle thing and i'm like but that wasn't different. And then I'm like, oh, it's because it's this one. And also the fact that Lavos ups its defense and drops its defense, that indicates to you which one is the real Lavos. Because otherwise you wouldn't know unless you defeated the middle one. You were like, oh, it's not over. That's the only way you would know otherwise. So them adding that element indicates to you which ones. And it's just such smart game design. It, that's like, the thing. It's that's smart game design. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I really felt... I mean, I played this with the walkthrough, so it was told to me when I started that fight that that would be, like, a bit of a gimmick. But I still think that, like, how would I encounter that if I didn't know what I was I was leaning into here? Like, um, it sounds like all of y'all did that sort of organically, if I had to guess, unless I, I'm probably the only one who, like, had the walkthrough, like, I don't want to say spoil me, but, like... It, it it preempted me to, to to be skeptical and like think about what I was going to engage with attacking wise. Um, I think that's brilliant. And again, it's one of those things that like this game is so freaking old that it's like, who thought of this? Yeah. Like, that's cool. Like like it 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 recognized what tropes were in the JRPG genre. It iterated on those tropes, subverted those tropes. And delivered and, something that's still almost thirty years later takes you by surprise unless unless you're really considering what you're doing. Um, Katie, what mm-hmm. were you going to add? Uh, just that it does all those things, and then it thinks through like, okay, but how do we let the players into this with the yeah with the indicator? It's like you said, it's just great. And yeah, it's not even just this final boss almost every boss yeah. had a little gimmick like this yeah. that you're kind yeah. of learning along the way so you kind of half expect it but every boss <laughs> is a little bit of a puzzle right where you're like oh I, I can't hit it with lightning or it's gonna counter or even like this minor bosses have those kinds of things that you have to kind of or even minor enemies that you're fighting like oh this uh, I didn't realize fire was gonna heal that thing like yeah. you're always kind of learning on the fly which was nice um Hmm. you're trying to just kind of remember as you're going sometimes it's annoying when like you're repeatedly like 
you keep making the same mistake or you're like, yeah. oh, shoot. I like or like the same enemy kept keeps popping back up and you're like okay i'm tired of like having to slowly dwindle you down with physical attacks when i just want to like luminary you all to pieces (laughs) like it's just it's annoying when i can't when i wanted to like zip through some of the final battles Mm -hmm. like especially because like i did the black omen i don't know if everyone else went Mm -hmm. through that whole yeah i did and that was extremely time consuming like it, it there i expected maybe like a couple boss fights but there was like level upon level upon enemy fight and it just felt like it just kept going and i think by the end of the black omen i was like okay i'm ready to wrap this up and then there's like four more lavos fights and it's like okay when is this gonna end but like it 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 worked in the end but i think the black omen was a smidge long because it just felt a little repetitive Mm mm-hmm and is that the one where you had to go through every major boss, like as as you were fighting that, or was that the Zeal, last fight? Yeah, kind of does that, I think, where mm-hmm. she takes like the form, not the form, but like the attributes of every yep. major boss yeah. as you're going yeah. through. So you're like, oh god, what was the thing? What was the gimmick on <laughs> yeah. this How boss? Was I remember right? That? No, that was where I was like, I don't know. Walk so through. here's my walkthrough. Like, I need to like yeah. look this up because I'm like, I don't remember how to. I played that boss like 40 hours ago at this yeah. point. Not 40, but like it's. You know, I don't remember how I beat that boss or like where the weak point was. So a lot of that was using a walkthrough for me. Um, but it, that's where it felt a little bit like maybe excessive. Where it was like, okay, are you just padding out the the time here? Yeah. Like, because I don't need to replay. Like, I don't need to do a boss rush at the end. Like, I it dragged. It was fine. It, yeah, just a, just a little bit. If I had to give one critique. There was just a smidge of a drag in that Black Omen section. But also, it's totally optional. So you could mm-hmm. still yep. just decide to finish this game. You won't get the good ending, I guess, if you really want yeah. to. But it's still like optional, but it was a smidge of a drag. I think I agree that it was a bit of a drag, but the thing that I appreciated about it is that I didn't have to use a walkthrough for every single boss or like when you had to go through some of the major enemies mm-hmm. because I remembered some of the, oh yeah, hey, the dragon robot, I have to do oh, this. Yeah. yeah, This other boss, I have to do like, that just showed me that like, hey, I was paying attention. Right. Hey, I learned mm-hmm. things. Hey, I know how to play this game. Hey, I'm good at video games. And although it dragged a bit, it is optional. I think yes. it's the only way you can get New Game Plus if I'm... I if think I'm, so, yes. Yeah, but optional to your point. But again, you can take the off-ramp to the end at hour one if you want. Yeah. You yeah. can't, but you can. <laughs> yeah. I'm reminded of, of something that I'm interested in here, which is um, Black Omen is framed here as, as an optional excursion that you can engage with. Um, there's a lot more optional stuff in this game. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of end-game stuff, like 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 bosses and like especially i'm thinking of end of time like as far as you there's there's a very very particular boss related thing that you can do in that end of time era um if if y'all know what i'm talking about there's like that limbo there's like a limbo period of time in this game where like you go and there's like there's like a fenced in little like area and Mm -hmm. it's like dark and you can go into a little side room there oh with the new that was there or it wasn't new for me but that's where you learn um, magic right Yes, but it's, I, I think, um, again, it's been a long time, but I, I, there's like a very specific boss fight you can do there. Um, there's, there's other stuff as well. And, and regardless of the specifics, I'm curious um, how much additional or optional boss content any of y'all engaged with 
like like Black Omen makes sense, but like was there any of that end of time stuff or anything like that that y'all dabbled with, Katie? Optional bosses outside of the Black Omen, I don't think so. Okay. Um, maybe the, I maybe did, the character quests though. Let me look I it did, up real quick. I looked at the character quests. I I checked a walkthrough. Like, oh, how do I do these character quests? How do I go about them? Honestly, story wise and like individual emo- uh, emotional character development wise, I thought that those were the best moments of the yeah. whole game, which honestly yeah. frustrated me a little bit. Uh, that's my nitpick at this game, to be honest, right. is that all um, that stuff was held to the end and it's optional. And I'm like, no, we should have done these things. And it's like, like character 10 growth hours ago. Stuff. And it's, yeah, it's character moments and growth yes. and like interactions between the yes. characters that we weren't really getting that much in the main plot. It could have been sprinkled throughout the yes, story a little bit more. Was. As opposed it's, to like, here's your list of go through all your char- your characters and give them all like a personal mm-hmm. quest, right? Like, yeah. I think the most of the main story had a lot of like the overarching plot and the time uh, dimension stuff and like the big stuff. But yeah, the little character stuff was kind of held off to the end. Like Luca and yeah. Robo broke yes. my heart with Luca's yeah. um, side, uh, you know, character with her quest, mom and everything with yeah. the incident with her mom. And, and she gets injured by basically a machine and Luca can't stop it. So then mm. she, you know, that's her thing of like, Oh, I need to like no machines. Um, yeah. But then Robo comforts her and it's like, Oh, it got me. And that yeah. was the, honestly the first time in the whole game that I really felt like, Ooh, like that emotionally hit me. More um, of that would have been good. Yeah, like I wish, yeah. I just wish it was sprinkled through the yeah. game instead of just held off to the end as optional content. Yeah. Even the little things within that, I, I think that I th- it might be that side quest where Robo has to like essentially sit in one place for 400 years. Yes. yes. Yeah. And to like just leave Such Robo behind. Such a good behind. use of the time travel thing. I love it that. Is. Yes. That's a and near that Robo- thing too. Like I know that that's 30 years down the pipe, but like that's why that hits in that game too yeah. like like you make a robot character or a character in general like endure time by themselves and all of a sudden like that's not only one of the most tragic stories you can think of it's also one of the most meaningful yeah i think outside of the stuff that happened with frog which like frog is is god tier as far as like what <laughs> happened to him and the tragedy that I he agree. has like Robo was a, a very close second. Robo's great. And even like the small moments, like the campfire moment, yeah. that to me was just like such a, like I can't imagine Chrono Trigger without that campfire moment. And it's crazy that you could just completely miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not even tied to a character quest. It's tied to like Fiona, who is just some rando person (laughs) complaining about the desert. Like you're not, (laughs) you have to do so many things to make that even happen. Yeah. Yeah. That it's such a little, it's it's a great little piece of storytelling that it's so easily missed if you didn't make sure someone saved a sapling like Mm -hmm. millions of years ago. Like it, it, I love the butterfly effect that this game does, but it's easy to miss these things if you're not paying attention, which is disappointing for someone who maybe isn't, who didn't have access to a walkthrough right at the time. That's the thing is the walkthrough point is, is I think this game is better served with the walkthrough. I'm going to commit to that viewpoint because I think most games most people don't want to be told what to do and they just want to like figure out what to do and like like explore and it's half the fun of what playing a game is like a game like this has layers to it 
And it has layers to it in the sense of not just like time periods. It has cause and effect thing. Like what you just mentioned, Travis, which yeah. is either you noticed the sapling or you didn't, which I would not have noticed that. Right. Um, I think that makes a game like this better because you see the things that are optional. And I think being told what the optional things are and doing them and then noticing like what what the potential like lack of your action could have done makes you appreciate a game like this more. Or at least that's how I feel about it. Because like I did all the things. I followed a walkthrough. I I, I have seen, as far as I'm concerned, all or at least most of the optional content. I know what this game is doing. Um, if I just played this raw and I just kind of like stumbled through it and like took guesses and like time traveled eight different times in the wrong direction before I finally figured out where I needed to go or whatever, like probably most players would have done. I don't think I would look at this game as the seamless masterpiece that I do. I think it's the fact that I've seen this game work together within itself and that makes me appreciate it as like a coherent thing. So, Katie. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting argument of like, oh, the game without a walkthrough and maybe you miss all these things. But then it's so um, so many people would just wouldn't appreciate it as much as they do um, because of availability of walkthroughs and seeing all the things. But then yeah. it leaves, I'm assuming that the creators were thinking, one, that you could buy a strategy guide at the time, I guess. Of course. But, yeah. <laughs> sure. But um, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking like, oh, people are, will revisit it and they'll discover things they didn't know. And now the, the game will live on longer. Like it will um, increase yeah. its, 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 its life cycle, I guess. It's like a legacy. Yeah. yeah like people, word people, of mouth. People are like, yeah. oh, did you hear about what happened in Chrono exactly. Trigger at that ending? It's like, what ending? What? Exactly. Of like, oh, you got to go back and play it this way. And like yeah. some people will do that and then their appreciation will grow. 100%. But then yeah. it's very limiting to how many people are going to see that content. So it's 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 difficult. I think I would have loved like I knew that I needed to let's say save that sapling to make sure that these things I did see that in the walkthrough. Mm. If I had discovered that organically and yeah, how had, cool is that? How cool would that moment have landed if I had done the steps without previous knowledge that it was going to happen? And then it ends up being this wonderful campfire story that leads to Lucas thing. Like it, it would have landed so well. I just, the game was maybe a little too obtuse about making sure that you did find it, which I'm okay with, but I think, I don't know if I would have found it naturally. I agree with that. It's a big game. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the part where I'm like, maybe like, not that I need the game to handhold me. I don't want a game to handhold me. But it was a little like you don't think of these connections unless you're thinking very, very broad, like huge scope. Like how could this possibly? But then you could literally talk to every single person and every little bit of flavor text could mean something. And what are you going to like parse? Like you're going to comb yeah. over every bit of dialogue. Like so it, I could see the reason to, you know like the walkthrough is valid, but I think if I would have discovered that organically, it would have hit so much better. Not that it didn't already hit good, but it's, I think if I didn't, I wish I didn't know, but I don't think I would have seen it otherwise. Yeah. 
so again, I'm not a big JRPG person. This is kind of baby's first JRPG, but I think a lot about Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 when I think about this yeah. game. Mass Effect 2 is actually a really good comparison for this game, weirdly enough. Go so on. for those who've not played, the loyalty missions in that one That's what I was essentially thinking of, give yeah. very important backstory for all your crewmates that will then have an effect on the, the ending of the game. Very similar to this. But those are really tough to miss. That's and the thing. I can't no, imagine really? playing Mass Effect Mass 2 Effect, or 3. The Mass Effect character stories are there for you. Like, they, yeah. they are in the mission list that says, like, oh, take so-and-so to go to there. And it says that is so-and-so's You don't know exactly what it is? Story. No, you don't know what's going to happen. But they are listed, like, so-and-so's um, character story. Like, go do that. So, yes, you're right. It is it is a little more pointed out to you. Not the repercussions of your actions. Right. Um, but the the side missions are. Also, just like the character interactions, depending on who's in your party. It did make mm-hmm. me think it's like early, early days Mass Effect of like, well, if you have these two people, they're going to talk to each other like this. And if mm-hmm. they're not, then it'll be a different conversation. That's awesome. That also adds to the replayability. Yeah. I had another point, but Flora, take it away. It'll come back to me. Oh, there's not much. I was just giving like nods and thumbs up to Katie and the webcam. Um, I, I Mass Effect 2 is literally the comparison I would give to this game. Like I, I haven't played Mass Effect 3, so I can't say anything about that game. But like Mass Effect 1, almost insignificant side quests. Like, like who cares? Like if you pay attention to your crewmates or not. But Mass Effect 2 is like you're not playing Mass Effect 2 if you don't play the side stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, like that's that is essential to the story and understanding who these characters are. Um, Chrono Trigger is that for me, um, as far as JRPGs go. Like, um, there are some JRPGs that I play. Um, Let's say Final Fantasy is a common category, uh, but many others where the side stuff only helps you in terms of like stats, like it like levels you up or whatever, or like you get a new new ability or whatever. But in Chrono, and Mass Effect, but specifically we're talking about Chrono, um, you understand the character better. And you mm-hmm. see them more complexly. And yeah, you might get the extra ability, or you might get the extra stat, and yay, great. Um, but to me, the thing that kept me going with Chrono, and the reason that I, I still think of this game so fondly, is like, I can still remember those side things. Like, mm-hmm. like that's rare. Like, a side quest being memorable in a JRPG is like saying that like a piece of sidewalk in the middle of an industrial city is going to be like something that you think about tonight. Like, 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 no, like you're going to step really over it and not think twice. What, what, um, what simile you're going to use there. I'm like, what, oh, where yeah. are we going? What are we saying? My analogies are broken. I'm in a new city it. now, so I guess that's it. But um, I personally find Chrono Trigger, um, it has flaws and I will acknowledge the flaws. I find the character presentation, like the way that the characters are fit into the main narrative, mm-hmm. something that most games could still learn from. And that's the extent of what I want to say. Yeah, I, I think t- to your point, the game does have flaws. And I think that like it's good to recognize that even within these side quests, some of them are weaker than others. And they all can't be bangers. Like I think Robo's side quest is is kind of silly. He finds a female robot and then fights a, a big... like. Um, Mama robot, the bad guy from Star. Yeah, Fox. but Mother Brain Robot was yeah bleeping was bleep bleep bleep. Loved her. <laughs> you loved, thought she was hot too. I didn't just you? was like, oh, angry 
this is Shodan mommy <sighs> issues with system shock all over again. Like it's just like she's. <laughs> I can't top that. So I feel like every time Flora's on an episode, I have to like mommy issues are brought up in some way. I don't know. <laughs> Shodan mommy issues. I mean, huh? like, like that's accurate. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> how dare yeah. you? And like moral side quest is sort of silly too. Of like you know, oops, there's an alien who's actually king. Yeah, but you know it is what it is, Katie. Um, but another thing that we mentioned earlier that is an option—it's not optional, but there is an option. So you all kept Magus, is that correct? Yes, yes. Did anyone not? <gasps> okay, I have a Katie. story. It, okay, oh yes, your story. I want to say about Magus about about because uh, whatever you know. Any, anybody? Anybody? Anybody I don't want to have, talk about it at all before I tell my story? No, I want to know your story. had an MP3 player that had some 41 on it. Wow. What? what? The f- <laughs> I don't know. What? He's just I, I know this is a PG-13 or whatever podcast, but like, <laughs> what? I don't know. I just see him as my emo friend. And can you all tell right. me a story about my emo friend? It's okay. fine. So I am playing on my couch on my laptop. And I have, and I'm just with keyboard. My mouse is on the coffee table. I'm sitting there. I'm playing. Um, My spouse was watching something. I'm on the couch next to him. And then uh, this choice comes up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hold on. Let me think about this. This is significant. And I kind of sit back. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And he notices that I'm thinking really hard. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, I don't know. Magus or your husband? (laughs) Magus is like, why are you thinking about? Um, No, my husband is like. What what's going on? I'm like I need to. I I don't know if I'm gonna fight this guy or not. I feel like I don't want to, but I got you know what? I want to check. I need to, I want I need to check the walkthrough to know if it's as like critical that I don't that I bring him in. I don't know. I'm like I feel like I'm leaning towards keeping him, but I'm not decided yet. He jokingly like haha, he's done this before, but like he would never ever mess with a game of mine ever. Like, he just wouldn't. He, he knows this stuff means a lot to me. He would never Keeper. do it. But he, he's, like, ha teasing, like, pretends to, like, reach at my keyboard. And I'm <laughs> no. like, ha-ha, you're not going to do it. But ha-ha. That's not even funny. And, and, then, and then he's like, ha no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but then he reaches over and he touches the mouse on the coffee table, which I didn't think did anything. No. And he didn't even mean to click it. But no. he accidentally clicked it. And no. chose to fight Magus. <laughs> and I went, and I was like, oh my God. And his jaw dropped. Like he was like, oh, oh my God. Like he looked at me like he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do it. And he was so upset. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I can reload a save if I need to. But then I was like, you know what? This is a better story. I'm going to no. roll with this decision. This is what happened. You know, it just, it, this is the way it decided to go. Katie so that's why I fought Magus, and that's why Magus wasn't in my party. <laughs> you, 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 you fought Magus? I didn't mean to. It you committed happened. to the bit? You didn't reload? No, I was, no, I, I was like, you know what? I should have. Like, I looked at the walker. I was like, yep, yep. I should have not fought Magus. That's what I should have done. But I have never <laughs> met some someone reason, who's fought Magus. Uh, I was just is... like. Nah, I'll roll with it. It's okay. I feel betrayed. I feel like Matt <laughs> Stormageddon would feel betrayed. Oh, like, absolutely. W- yeah. What is this? This is, this is, this hurts. And, yeah. 
and yeah he was he just kept saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm like it's okay i would i would apologize too he messed up (laughs) couples who murder together stay together (laughs) good times and hard times it's okay he needs more than a simple apology you need to remind him of this conversation once it comes out and be like so Magus wasn't yeah. there. So what kind of what kind of a character is Magus? What what is what, what kind of a fighter are they? What do they do? Because I don't know. It's all magic. magic. It's all magic. magic. Uh, like, only magic. All the, every type of magic, like the number two magic of everything, oh. and then like a bunch of dark magic stuff at the end. Like if you keep yeah. leveling them up, um, it's very good it's just, for magic. Yeah, it's just very powerful magic stuff, but very silent. Very like not a talker. Um, <laughs> I mean, angry at Lavos. You know, like pointing his finger like bah, 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 i'm gonna kill you lavos and then that's essentially <laughs> it and then i got isla in the corner being like me hungry and so like my <laughs> like and chrono doesn't say anything so like he there wasn't a lot of talking happening but uh yeah he's he's quiet he's sullen you know it, i think there's also, more interesting stuff because of the the queen zeal stuff especially if he's in those fights mm-hmm. um use there's a little bit more like flavor text that happens but um you know he it is interesting he's an interesting character to see that like how he jumped through time and is butterfly affecting his way around uh to cause different things to happen mm-hmm. yeah also i love that you p- basically pour one out for toma yeah <laughs> and you go up to, he literally goes up to the grave and is like we're gonna pour one out i was like what damn where are we what is happening right now this game is more mature than it needs to be yeah <laughs> there's a main ending obviously yeah but there's like at least over a dozen other endings and on the on the pc version there's 13 achievements which i think are all tied to specific endings uh, I want to know the standard ending is beyond time, which is I think what all of us probably did, where you fight Lavos in the final form after resurrecting Chrono. Mm-hmm. But did anyone experience another ending? Uh, so I I like YouTubed a couple endings basically Me just too. to see like how different they were, and they didn't <laughs> seem that different. So I was kind of like, ah, that's good. I'm I'm done. So I don't I don't really know the depth of it because maybe what I saw was, you know, the least different endings. I don't know. I Googled them too. And there was one that I found entertaining. I didn't get this ending, but it is one. I don't know where you have to fight Lavos at in the game to get this, but essentially you change the timeline so that frog marries the queen and then Marl ends up becoming half frog. What? <laughs> That's hot. No way. That's cool. I yeah. like that. She starts yeah, riveting think- and stuff, which is like <laughs> I watch and it's like cuz like you, you end the thing, she goes back to the castle and her king father is hopping around and is like, <laughs> so "Do you want to watch this it. wedding uh this wedding video from our ancestors?" And it goes up on screen and Marl starts riveting and she's bouncing around and then you see Frog and the queen walking up the aisle i don't know what happened to the king there but oh i mean frog became the you know just let them rivet yeah. and hop and oh, yeah. really pat their way Kinda into love that, happiness like I, yeah uh, we don't need to judge that's the only good. one that i thought was really entertaining i didn't see much other ones that like i thought were were interesting 
yeah, you're describing the successor of Guardia uh, ending, uh, which you do after you save Lean and Marl. That's when you go and you try fight and Lavos. beat um, fight Lavos, uh, and it's an achievement on PC as well. Oh, interesting. Okay, but yeah, th- there's there's a couple like obviously I think what most players will see is Beyond Time if they get Chrono back, and then if they don't get Chrono back, they get the reunion timeline, which like is relatively similar, except obviously Chrono is dead. Um, but uh, did you have another one that you wanted to cover off, Flora? Or no, I, I I also got the Beyond Time ending. I just I felt when hearing about you all speak about your experiences that for some reason that I had done other endings, and I feel like I have, but I guess that's just the nature of this game. Like if I don't have the achievement, then it didn't happen, right? So. I guess one of the deceptions of the narrative of how this game unfolds is like, I kind of thought that I had other endings, but if the achievement list is that brief, then that tells me that the game is very, very effective at like tricking me into thinking that it's over repeatedly. (laughs) I don't know if any of y'all felt that way, but like there are some apocalyptic endings that is like, to me, that would be an achievement, but like on steam it's not i have seven percent of the achievements here so clearly i only got beyond time i'm just i'm thinking like that doesn't feel correspondent to my experience uh in a way that like many other let's say choice ending based games might otherwise feel i want to go back to just one thing was anyone else completely thrown for a loop once we got involved with the like futuristic fantasy island uh sky island people in like 12,000 BC. And I yeah. was like, "Wait, where am I? When am I? Who are these people? What's going on?" And then that attached to Lavo so much where they were basically trying to be more powerful than they already are or the the the, the queen wanted to like be immortal basically was like, "No, I'm going to yes. draw power from Lavos." I'm like, "You, you yep. fool." Um but yeah, once I got up there and I was like, "But I'm in the past." But yes. I'm up here, and it's like a futury. Like I don't know what's going on. I think that's where I lost the plot a little bit. Where I was like, I don't know oh. who's who and where we're going and what's happening. Um, that's where I thought I must have royally messed up the timeline. I thought there's no way I must oh, have that screwed you caused this. To I caused this that's to happen, fine. and then come to realize that like, oh no, this was destined to fail. And it's interesting to think about like. Was it destined to fail because of my interference or not? Like, I think this game plays with time travel in an interesting way where sometimes you can have time travel stories where the t- this was the story it always was. Time doesn't change. You always went back in time and you always caused this effect and it always happens. Or you can actually go back in time and change the future. Or essentially, you know what I mean? So this game plays with that in different ways um, where it does both, which is interesting, Mm -hmm. where you can actually go back in time and change the future. Um, But then it also sometimes plays with the idea of like, oh, no, you had to have already have done this in order for this to have happened in the first place. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I tend to like stories where the time travel is it always happened, like you always had to go back. Um, But it's that portion where you're going into the the islands in the sky i thought oh i messed something up like this wasn't supposed to be like this and lavos came way too early i screwed up like now we got to fix this and like yeah you end up sinking this whole thing um in order to like get to the ending but it is an interesting 
you are directly affecting the future because of your actions in that in that part of the game. This is bringing me back to a conversation I had with Travis many years ago because he just consumes a lot of content that involves time travel because he loves time travel travel so much that we were discussing the movie Looper. And I remember the moment when he said, very seriously, unironically, he said to me, you know, because I know a lot about time travel. And and I burst out laughing. I'm like, oh, Travis. And he's like, well, I, I do. I'm like, no, but the tone that you said that in was so perfect. Like, uh, I've looked at, I know a lot about time I travel. I like you my know? time oh, travel yeah. rules and to be clear. He, start, he started iterating I, on, on the time travel and chrono trigger. And I was like, ah, oh, Travis. I need my time travel rules to be clear. Please. Yeah. Yes. I just need the rules to be clear. I don't yes. need wishy-washy rules on my time travel. Mm-hmm. And so I like that this one played with the idea that you could change things can i That's... can i just throw in there real quick that i think that this game and and i'm also a connoisseur of time travel narrative <laughs> um I, i'm i'm pr- tra- i'm gonna go ahead and defer to travis and say that travis probably has more of an affinity than i do but like i i love a good time travel narrative i think this game establishes some extremely coherent logic yes for how time travel out works therefore I don't give a crap how it uses its system because it's all internally consistent. Like, yes. I don't sure. notice a single plot hole or like breaking point within the time travel logic of this game. To me, it all coheres. And so like, I'm not willing to question a lot of it. I just wanted to throw that out there because again, mm-hmm. like it sounds condescending. 1995 as like a big, like, yeah. like era of like, like this could be a mess. This could mm-hmm. be a, we threw this together, but it's it, it's frankly not. And and, and like you're works. sitting there, and you're, yeah, the time travel system works. Like yeah. it's like I it, I believe it. I could yeah. write a novel using this logic and not have to like invent stuff. That's really cool to me as someone who likes time travel narratives. It's so. just thoughtful. That's the thing. It's yeah. thoughtful. You could easily just skip over the the logistics of it, but it works within the story and it makes the story make more sense because you're not just kind of being like, Oh, I guess time travel, explain it away and just kind of hand wave it. it you don't have to, because no, it makes sense within the, the scope of the story. So totally. Yeah. Any final thoughts about Chrono Trigger? There's probably sprites. a lot we didn't Did touch. Man. Sprites? sprites. Yeah. Just briefly. Sprite work looks great. <laughs> okay, moving Thanks. on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, true. Katie, we we can talk about this. I don't, I don't like, need to talk about it, but I don't know if you guys do. I I do. the The art, I think, the character design with the sprites is something that still stands the test of time really well. Yep. Like, there's not a single character in this game, even an NPC, mm-hmm. that I like remotely confuse with our main protagonist like cast. Like, like mm-hmm. every character is loving and crafted. Even, like, throwaway stuff. Like, at the beginning of this game, y'all talked in part one a little bit about, like, the little fair that happens yep. mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the game. And there's, like, a... like a, I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but I think there's, like, a robot who does, like, rap battles with you or yes. whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm glad that's not, like, a mismemory. Um, that rob- uh, robot is Gato. That's distinct. I'm not going to confuse <laughs> that guy with anybody else. Like, like there's just a lot of things in, like in this game that feel very uh, remotely like singular in, in a sense. And uh, I don't feel a sense that this game is trying to like ever be lazy. This is mm-hmm. one of the biggest mainstream sort of game release passion projects 
that I've ever seen. Like, this Mm -hmm. is almost like a Death Stranding level of, like, someone loved this idea and just, like, committed to the bit and had the budget to commit to the bit. And we have this, like, perennial classic because of that. Like, there's, there's issues. Like, Death Stranding has issues, but, like... I don't care about those issues. Like, this is a cool game. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, so that, those are my final thoughts, I guess. Yeah, this, the sprite work is, like, uh, to your point, all the way down to, like, the roly-polies in the forest. To, Dead like, serious. There's not the a wasted news. sprite. Yeah, and the koalas are great. I, I could go on and on, but... Um, koalas? I forgot about those. The koalas are those little, like... Um, it's been that like long, I guess. Sheep, bipedal sheep. Yes. Yeah, those Bi- guys. I love those guys. Yeah. yeah, they're very cute. Phrase that you don't expect to hear with most video games. Um, I this is the first JRPG I've ever played. I'm glad it was this one. I may play more. Uh, I tr- I tried the demo for Final Fantasy 16, and I know that that's like there's someone yelling at the the radio, going like, "Jacob, that's a Devil May Cry game. That's not a JRPG." <laughs> That's okay. That doesn't matter. You gotta play it. You gotta yeah. play it. It's so good. I oh. love Final Fantasy 16. Like it's it's maybe the most graphically impressive PlayStation 5 game. Like I love Returnal, and that's my mm. favorite PlayStation 5 game. So like we've all talked about that. Minus Travis, sorry. Um, we we know what we're we're going for here, but like Final Fantasy 16 makes you think that we're in a different visual generation. It's so mm. cool. Play it. Yeah. My God. Maybe we'll so, po- maybe I, we'll played- pot about it one day. Yeah, or mm. Final Fantasy VII Remake because, hey, the Tifa. second part of that's coming out soon. So I love this game. I appreciate that I played it. I'm going to play more JRPGs. That's all I got to say. Let's LFG. Katie, thoughts? Um, I, you know, I love this podcast because it makes me play games to completion that some of which I either would have not ever or I tried many times years before and only got, you know, 40% of the way. I thought it was more than half. It wasn't. This is a big game. Um, I love that I finished it. Like, I feel like, oh, I it's complete. I appreciate the story. I love the gameplay the whole time. I I don't really have much bad to say. Like, it's it's a, it was a great game then. It's still a great game today. Uh, honestly, the same. I feel like this was such a hole in my gaming library of things that I've never played. And I, I knew nothing about it. I was like, oh, Chrono Trigger. It's one of those, whatever. And you just, uh, you know, I just kind of put it into a category with like Dragon Quest and uh, all those other things. And I just kind of just left them there. And it wasn't anything I ever thought I would ever even look at or try to play or find the time for. And like Katie said, I love this podcast because it makes me sit down and gives me a direction and tells me hey i'm gonna play this and i never would have without the without jacob being like we should play this let's play this and the fact that i did i'm so happy that i did because it, i feel like i now know and have such an appreciation for something that is such a classic and informed so many games and stories and games going forward that i don't i wouldn't have known where those references or where those those polls were coming from because you can see the influences and I, I'd love to go through like the games that I've played since and be like, oh, that reminds me of Chrono Trigger. Oh, that reminds me of Chrono Trigger. Like we're talking about Mass Effect 2. Like I wouldn't have made those links without seeing, without discussing it like with you guys right now. Like 
it's just interesting to think about it retrospectively. And I'm excited to to kind of think about that going forward. And I'm really, really happy with my with my time with this game. So thank I'm you. I'm so glad you two came around. <laughs> yeah. We truly did. Yay. I'm We're sitting here, RPGs, here swooning, by the way. Like <laughs> like listening to y'all talk gushingly about what is for me like a top ten, top twenty sort of game is so invigorating because I, I don't need y'all to feel like this game matters to you. Like that's okay. Like like you can play this game and move on. Like I'm not gonna blink. But to hear that because of the podcast, y'all gave it the time of day that enabled it to sit in inside of you and like feel like a game that was good for you mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to acknowledge that. And yeah. that's I, I don't know. I'm very grateful that y'all were able, whether through the podcast or otherwise, to give a game that matters to me the space that I I would say it deserves. And, like, Mm. this isn't a game that I expect y'all to be like, hey, best friend, here's what you should play next. But, like, to be able to talk about this game and be able to reference this game, like, in your lexicon, I think is useful. And, like, even if this game didn't work for you, I th- I think this is one of those like you should have this game and like your your talking points about like like how games are, especially JRPGs. But like um, I I do really think that like this game is a touchdown for music and for sprite design and for art and for storytelling and like especially the chronology thing. Like um, again, I'm a sucker for time travel narratives, but I do think that like it's surprisingly well how how coherently all of the different time periods hang together in this game like like it should be more co- like uh confusing than it is but to me it wasn't so anyway just praising so the impressive. game a little further yeah i'm i exactly i'm very impressed by this game yes and and hearing that it still can impress other people even i mean it's only 25 years after the game came out that i played it <laughs> but like another 5 years down the line or whatever it's still doing the same thing is like that's awesome. That's yeah. encouraging. I, I hope this game has as much of a, a trail on it as it feels like it does. So Maybe it will have a broader trail when Square decides one day to remake it. Because I'm sure they will. Oh. Y'all did a money, whole comprehensive, like, which version sucks the most um, on the previous one. And, like, that's a big issue. They should just remake the thing. Like, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> um, Video game preservation. Who knew? I enjoyed my Steam playthrough for what it's worth. So. Um, so hey, those are our thoughts about Chrono Trigger. Um, if you've made it this far, thank you. Um, as we said at the top, if you want to follow what we do, the best places to do so are on our Discord at leftbehindgame.club/discord or on Twitter at leftbehindclub. Uh, if you enjoyed this two-part, three-hour conversation about Chrono Trigger, um, if you don't give us five stars, I'm gonna be mad at you. I'm gonna be mad at you. Me too, to be honest. Yeah. So there, two people will be mad at you. Um, guys, can I before we end? Can I briefly make a like an announcement? Yes. yes. Uh, okay, so I don't have enough podcasts, so I'm starting a new one. <laughs> um, Who would have so thought? Friends, friends of the show, Luke Lewis and Joseph Hooper, who have been on this one a couple of times. Um, we just started collaborating, and it came out really great every time we did. And so we said, hey, what if we did a show that was topical about big topics in games, about news in games, uh, and do like new game reviews occasionally? Uh, so that's what we did. We launched a new show called Crossplay Conversations uh, that's going to come out bi-weekly. Uh, it's live now. The first two episodes are available on all podcasts 
podcasting platforms. So if you aren't annoyed by the sound of my voice and you enjoy smart conversations about video games like this one, but more topical instead of book club format, check us out. Crossplay Conversations. Can I just throw a little tiny endorsement there? Not that it yeah. matters much, but like, um, we all love Jacob. Like, like I don't need to pitch you on he's why right. you should listen to him. Yeah, he's all right. Exactly. We're we're all on the same page. He's at least all right. But but Luke, I met like five four months ago, and and Luke was like the sweetest person in the world. And um, sorry, Jacob, but who cares? Um, subscribe for Luke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do it for Luke Lewis. Do it for Luke Lewis. No, they're they're both lovely. Um, I'll, I'll go listen to. I, I'll admit. I'll. I'll. I'll do it. Pointing fingers at each other. Um, yeah, the first two episodes. One is about um, the console oligopoly that we have currently. Oh dang! And the other is about kind of our mid-year in review for video games co- that have come out in 2023. So, yo, if two heavy topics. topics. Yeah, two heavy topics, and we're gonna keep the bangers coming. Uh, so crossplay conversations on all podcasting platforms, um, y'all. You can find me at Jacob McCourt on all things, but really go find crossplay conversations. Uh, Katie, where can you be found on the internet? I am Les Brack on Twitter for the time being. L e s p e r a k. We'll see, but for now, I'm still there. I'm talking Don't about. You mean X? Uh, sh- we're not going to talk about that right now. It's not. It's if you not just up for don't discussion. update your app, it doesn't become X. It stays yeah, Twitter. Mine is still a bluebird. And yep. I don't know. We'll see. But for now, that's where I'm at. I'm on Twitter. Travis, where are you zeding? Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, gosh. I'm on yeah, that Travis. website app thing at Travis Colnut. <laughs> but I think at this point, Maybe I'll just hang out in the Discord. <laughs> Good. Flora, where are you cheating? Oh man, I'm 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 hate everything. Welcome to the social internet. Um I guess I have a zeet. I guess I have a, a zeet of at Ludo Narrative FM if you want to come see my gaming stuff. Um I'm also on like threads in blue sky and every other Twitter alternative yeah. now, so like I haven't done it just- yet. Just type in Flora Marigold somewhere, and it's Marigold not spelled like the plant. It's M-E-R, Marigold, like the the character from The Witcher, which is where I stole the last name from. Um, That anywhere is fine. Come see me and and come get me off the musk app. That'd be great. Are you on Hive? Uh, I think I made one, actually. I I actually think I have one. Uh, It's not an active use. I don't have a bookmark. Are you on Toot Zoot? Um... Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) That one's fake. I made it up. But um, that's where you can find all these lovely people. Um, I guess I'll end the show now and say shout out Mike Ruffalo. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. you're the only person in your circle who wants to go deep about video games regularly we were like that too until now welcome to crossplay conversations the brand new bi-weekly topical video game podcast from luke lewis joseph hooper and jacob mccord with many years of breaking it down separately on shows like the left behind game club player player podcast and lukewarm games the gang is finally coming together to publish their gaming group chat in audio form every other week 
Expect roundtable reviews of the latest games, profiles of upcoming indies, and insightful conversations about essential topics in the video game industry. All with a mostly positive, insightful, and fun style. Crossplay Conversations debuts on August 1st with brand new episodes hitting every other Tuesday. Help us out by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice to get the first episodes delivered straight to your feed. And follow us on Twitter at Crossplay Convos for updates about the show. Cheers Cheers and and happy happy gaming. gaming.